Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Start with a theological concept. God can work wherever He wants to work. God can do whatever He wants to do without your permission. God can cause signs and wonders to be around you without your permission, even without your prayer. But the one thing God cannot do is work inside of you without permission. God is an open-heart surgeon. He wants your heart to be open. And somebody may say, well, where do you come up with that concept? Well, I do because the Lord has a desire. His desire is that no one would perish, but everyone would have everlasting life. And you and I know, as sure as we're here today or watching online, that not everyone around us is saved. Yet that's His will. It's His will to work in your life and through your life. But He cannot do that without your permission. So last week we said, with a life-changing prayer, we said, Lord, search me, Psalm 139. See if there's any offensive way in me. See if there's a way of of fear in my life, a way that I'm anxious, a way maybe that I'm I'm short-tempered or or short-fused. Maybe there's a way in my life where I'm immature and I need to grow and develop. Lord, search me and then reveal what you find out to me. And today's prayer is, break me, God. Break me, God. Break me, Lord, from the inside out. Do a work inside of me where you break me down because I want to become better and I want to be the best that I can be. See, a lot of Christian prayers are like this. Make my life really nice, God. Help me have no pain, no problems. But if you really want a life-changing prayer, you need to pray this way. God, search me. And today, God, would you break me? So we're going to go to Mark's gospel, the 14th chapter, and there's two stories there that I want us to look at. The first story has to do with a woman who has encountered Jesus, and Jesus' encounter has changed her life. It's transformed her. Uh, In the next service, uh, you can see we're going to be baptizing uh, some people. I, uh, we have nine. There could be 12. Sometimes people come. They RSVP. Different things happen. But, but today, we're actually going to tell their stories before they get baptized, not just call their names. And we're going to hear the stories about transformation. We're even going to hear the, the story about how a man was, uh, was uh, restored. He was delivered from his alcoholic addiction He was in a hospital uh, on the brink of death, and uh, his brother had prayed and fasted for him, and when he left the hospital, he no longer had a craving for alcohol. Pretty amazing. By the way, he also had cirrhosis of the liver, and uh, as they've checked his liver, his liver is totally restored as well. And he's only known Christ for one year and five months, but I know what he's praying Lord, search my heart. Break my heart, Lord. I want to be all you could be. Now, excuse me for talking over the fact some of you wanted to applaud for what you just heard. So I'll let you do that unto God. Yeah. They're going to be baptized today. It's like uh, in front of their peers and their family members. Break me, Lord. 
So here we have this woman who's had this encounter, like those who will be baptized, and like many of you, and like the man that I just shared his brief story with you. Nobody wanted to be a young girl and say, I'm going to grow up and become a prostitute. It's not a life calling. It was something that no doubt happened because this woman was either mistreated and abused and molested. Some scholars say she probably had children, many children that she couldn't care for. There was no husband, no dad in the picture, so she needed to uh, obviously find a way to finance them. Some could also submit that she was an insecure person who felt ugly about herself, and the only way she could get male attention was to prostitute herself. But whatever caused her to be the prostitute, we know that she was hated by every woman and every righteous man, that she was full of shame. And now in this story, for the first time, a male... God in the flesh, Jesus, has treated her appropriately, and it overwhelms her. It causes her, as Mark 14, 3 says, to pour out her expensive perfume on his head. While Jesus was in Bethany, reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leper, now we need to stop there, Jesus hung out with people that were nothing like him, and people that were nothing like Jesus like Jesus. And people like Jesus that were nothing like Jesus. So if there are certain people you don't like, get over it quickly because we need to pray the prayer, break me, Lord. By the way, if God breaks you, you can't have prejudice in your heart. Good morning. It goes away. You can't have a certain bent. And I'm just going to tell you this, but be very honest. There are some Christians today who need to really have a breaking in their heart. I'm one of them. My hand is up. Because of some of the, the values that we espouse, some of the things that we say, some of the opinions that we hold, if you want to grow deep and strong in your faith, you've got to say, God, break me. So Jesus was not supposed to be in the home of a leper because lepers were unclean. And if you hung out with a leper, guess what? You were deemed unclean as well. But how can you deem unclean the perfect, pure son of God? So Jesus goes, hey. Nothing's going to stick on me. I'm the Teflon kid because I've never sinned. I've never done anything impure. And so here's Jesus reclining in this home. And the woman comes in with the alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. She what? She broke the jar and poured it out on his head. Broke the jar. Now, before I go on and explain very much about this story, I need to tell you that Many of you know from other Gospels that this jar of perfume was equal to a year's worth of wages. So think about what you made last year. Not what you reported to the IRS, but what you, made, what you made last year. And just figure it's in this bottle. And I know some of you would be like shaking. Oh my God, my whole year's wages. And she breaks it and pours it out over the head of Jesus. You want to talk about extravagant worship? She breaks everything and lays it down in front of Jesus. Now, you need to understand something. In Bible times, women did not wear perfume. Prostitutes did. It was their calling card. And when they walked through the marketplace and men could smell the perfume, they would follow the women to a secluded place, either their little home, their little residence, or back in the darkness of the corner some 
where, and they would exchange for money uh, sexual acts, but it was the perfume that was the calling card. So here she is, pouring out the jar, and I just want to tell you from this story, and here's the lesson, number one, live a broken and poured out life. Now again, this, 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 this prayer would not be for everybody. Not everybody's going to even appreciate uh, this, this sermon about this prayer because after all, we usually pray this, bless my family, bless my life, bless my kids, help my problem, help me not be anxious, uh, make sure I have a good day, make sure the weather's to my liking. I mean, that's, that's the kind of prayers that we pray the most. But this prayer is a reminder that our lives are to be poured out and broken. Her extravagant worship represented her broken heart. I have encountered someone who's changed my life, a man who's treated me like none other, and my heart is broken now in a good way. And I want to do something. It's pour out my most precious and valuable gift. Her extravagant gift represented her past. I'm leaving my sinful life. I'm I'm giving you my calling card. I'm giving you my black book, Lord. I'm giving you my, my, my contacts. I, I'm, I'm laying it all down. And her extravagant gift represented her future because that jar would have been the savings for her future. This is the way she was going to market herself. But she's giving it all up for the sake of the Lord, for the heart of the Lord. I'm leaving my past behind, Lord. I'm giving you everything that I have. And I don't care if I look foolish in front of others. I'm going to worship you. I'm not just going to fold my hands. I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to worship you, Lord. I'm going to declare your greatness. And here I am in the house of a leper. And all I can say is, there is no one like you, Lord. Here's everything I have. My history, my past, and my future. The next story is also found in Mark 14, verse 22 to 24. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said, truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. What did Jesus do with the bread? What did Jesus do? He, he broke it. Let's say it. He broke, he broke it. He broke it. He broke the bread. Now, we have this really good loaf of bread here. It's from La Brea Bakery. It's kind of good we can buy La Brea Bakery locally because La Brea Bakery is at the Disney, uh, uh, Disney Walk. It's uh, one of the bakeries that they use at Disneyland. I don't have to go to Disneyland, and I can get some of their bread. Isn't that good? Um, if I just left this bread like it is, you know what's going to happen to it, right? It's going to get hard. It's not going to be worth much. But if I slice it, I can start having fantasies about prosciutto and provolone. Come on. Little Dijon. Come on. What, what, do, you, what do you put in your sandwich, anybody? Huh? Tri-tip, yeah, with some tri-tip juice. Take the bread and dip it in the pan. Not, not the blood juice, but the, the cooked juice, you know what I mean, right? Right? 
Anybody for bologna? No. Spam. Fried spam. Got to cut it. Put fried. So, so what we do is we, 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 we take the bread. Oh, man. And we break it apart. That's what Jesus did. He took this, this, this whole bread and, and he broke it apart and gave it to them. Now, here's the picture. Until you're willing to be broken, you really can't give yourself away because part of the brokenness requires a, a, a selfless sacrifice. Part of the brokenness requires that you die to something inside yourself that you want. Because after all, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is my bread. But when you share what you have, when you're generous with what you've been given, when you're generous with your compliments, with how you treat people, and this is hard stuff. When you're willing to be broken, to become what you cannot be if you stay the way you are, God can then use you. Again, God has to have permission to break you apart. He has to have your life, a living sacrifice, Romans 12. This is my blood. This is my body, which has been poured out for you. I think of the little boy's lunch, the feeding of the multitudes. Jesus takes... Um, his little can of tuna and his triscuits. That's the way I see it. And he, he breaks it and he gives thanks. Here, God, break me. And I give you thanks. And now multiply me. See, Jesus' life is broken and poured out. And if you want to live a Jesus life, you too must be broken and poured out. My jar, the prostitute says, is an act of worship and I will pour it out because I'm giving you everything about who I am. I, I just prayed this prayer this week knowing I was going to be teaching on this subject. And I, I, I prayed this, this prayer, God, where do I need to be broken? I met with um, nine very young pastors. They're all under the age of 25. And they're all leading churches. They're not youth pastors. They're not under a senior. They're all senior leaders at 25 or under. And the old guy, I felt like Yoda. I just, I, it was, and I wanted to speak to them in Yoda speak, but by the way, three of them never heard of Star Wars. They're under 25. They didn't go to the last one, and some of the earlier ones were done before they were born. So here I am, <clears throat> the sage on the stage, and I was asked the question, what's the one thing we need to consider if we're going to be effective in ministry? And I thought, oh, this is easy. The first one is search me because I'd already written the sermon. And the second one is break me. And here's what I said to them. What are you willing to give up to see other people find Christ? What are you willing to give up to see your church grow? Where is mediocrity rising in your life where you just kind of status quo it? Where are you willing to sacrifice personal time? One guy said, oh, no, 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 no. My dad taught me don't sacrifice any personal stuff for your job. I said, well, then you should quit being a pastor because it ain't a job, sweetheart. It's a calling. And it's a vocation of choice. You've got to be willing to 
And the other guy says, you mean kind of like marriage? He's 23. Been married one year. I said, yes, tell me about marriage. And I leaned at that. This is going to be profound. He says, my wife does stuff that I don't like. Stuff that she does now, we never, she never did when we were dating. I put a rock on her finger. I'm still making payments on the rock. Once I put the rock on the finger, she got so nice. Now she's not nice. I said, you know what God's going to do? If you're going to stay married to her, which you should, he's going to break you all the time. So you're like a wild horse that has to be broken. He says, do you got anything else we can talk about? Yeah. Hey, by the way, folks, if you want to have a successful marriage, these two prayers are really good. Search me, Lord, and see where I'm not a good spouse. Break me, Lord, and see if there's anything inside of me that needs to be uh, broken so it could be multiplied. I love what Luke says. He was also at the table when Jesus was breaking the bread. Luke twenty-two nineteen 19 says, and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And as a part of our uh, departure this morning, we're actually going to come to these two tables to receive communion. Because he said this, do in remembrance of me. Many, many scholars believe, and this is our second lesson, do this in remembrance of me, that he's talking about breaking the bread and taking the cup, and every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are remembering my death till I come. Almost every theologian believes this. But there are some scholars who also believe there's another message here, and I happen to be one of them. I believe there's another message here. We are most like Jesus when we live like Jesus lived. In other words, when we're willing to be broken and poured out, every time we give of ourselves, we're doing it in remembrance of him. Every time we love someone who's unlovely, every time we, we pull someone up who's down in a ditch, every time we speak a word of grace and healing and reconciliation to someone, we're remembering Jesus because that's who he is. And I would submit to you that taking communion does remember him. The Eucharist remembers him. But I would submit to you that it's pretty easy. Take the bread, drink the cup, I'm out. But for us to live broken lives, pulled apart lives, poured out lives, man, that's the tough stuff. Where I think of someone else more than I think of myself, where I put someone else first where I allow people to have their own space and allow people to grow at their own pace. See, the lesson number three is that broken and poured out is not simply a ritual, but to live as Jesus lived. Now, again, not everybody's happy with this kind of prayer. You know, like, what time's lunch? And, and I get that. But my prayer would be that somehow you would understand that Jesus is calling us to live a broken life. Don't just do an act to remember him, but live your life in such a way that it remembers him and everything that you do. That's what I told those young pastors. Are you willing to die to yourself? Are you willing to still be sweet when people aren't? 
Are you willing to speak kind to people when you're, you're going to be having people say things about you? I mean, you know, the, by the way, people say stuff about the church. You ever hear? Oh, the church. See, the church is the only entity that can't bite back or speak back. When you talk generically, well, I've had bad experiences in the church. Hello, church. Come in, church. Church ain't going to say a word. Drive by this building during the week when no one's here. You won't hear anything. Quiet. So sometimes people are going to speak ill of you. Hey, how do you respond when that happens to you? Come on, bring it. It's okay. I can handle it. How, how do we respond when people hurt our feelings? I love what Dr. Henry Cloud said. He said, we impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our brokenness. I mean, we, we enjoy people's stories of success, but man, when our hearts really lean in is when we hear about someone's brokenness, someone's vulnerability. The fourth lesson is that God breaks you of your own sinfulness and continues to teach you to depend upon him. Why do I say this? Because life's greatest breakings often lead to God's greatest blessings. It's not in your notes, but you could write it down. Life's greatest breakings often lead to God's greatest blessings. Where you've been hurt the most, sometimes that's where you get blessed the most. And your most effective ministry, I shared with these young pastors, will come out of your deepest hurts. Can I, can I tell you, we study the ministry of Jesus on this planet, but that's nothing compared to the ministry he's had since he rose from the dead. Think about the millions and millions of people he's saved. Think about the times where the, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's been present and done miracles today. There are more miracles and more salvations now after Jesus was broken and poured out than there was while he was here on this planet. And then he takes somebody like Peter. Anybody like Peter besides me? I like him. Peter who said, Jesus, I'll never deny you. And then what happened? He denied him three times. And Jesus, after he rises from the dead, allows Peter to be the guest speaker on the day of Pentecost. And Peter gets up and preaches and over 3,000 People come to faith in Jesus Christ. How miraculous. That's huge. Peter, out of your brokenness, I can bless you. Peter, out of something that you think might disqualify you, I will qualify you. Peter, out of something where you've stumbled and fallen, I will rise you up in such a way that I'll do great things through you. Those whom God uses the greatest are often those who've been broke the deepest, because God never, ever wastes a hurt in our lives. Some of the things you think disqualify you are actually qualifiers. They're God's little parchment of pedigree that you can now go out and serve him. Jesus, I'm giving you my whole life. See, our mission as a church is to love God and love people and serve God and serve people. And I keep my fingers on the pulse of that because it's easy for a church to say this is our mission and never live it. There's a church not far from him that, here from, that says we're changing our city for Jesus. And I asked the pastor over coffee one day, how are you doing that? 
but we're changing our, our city for Jesus. I, how are you doing that? You're cleaning up alleys, you're tutoring kids after school. What are you doing? And he said, um, well, uh, we don't have many members, so we're really not doing very much of that. I said, then change your mission. We're a church trying to grow again. Now you might say, well, what is that? See, the, the, the mission on the wall is not as important as what happens down the hall. When you go to a, a store and they say, customer service is number one, but it's not, they need to take that off the wall. Right? We only serve fresh food, and it comes out frozen, and they got a microwave in the back. Liar, liar, pants on fire. See, we say love and serve here. Now, we don't get 100 score on our test, but we're trying. I showed you some pictures of just this last Thursday night. We're trying. Wednesday night, I mean, the hours we spent chopping zucchini and yellow squash, I had it up to here. And cutting all those steaks off these big, long, I mean, it was a lot, I'm just going to be blunt, a lot of stinking work. We put in a lot, a lot of hours. Set up, clean up, tear down, put away, all that stuff. But it's worth it because we say this, we love God and we love people and we serve God and we serve people. So, now let me get to your life. What is the mission statement for your life? I exist to, to what? To love God, love my family. I exist to love God and love my friends. I exist to be a reflector of the glory of Christ, Isaiah 61. I, I exist to, to bring people. Whatever your mission statement is, my question is this. Are you living it? Because when you've got a mission from God and you're living it, life is really good. People say, I'm living the life. That's when you're living the life. When you're living out your purpose and your calling, you're making a difference in the lives of other people. Our mission is to bring people to the place of being fully devoted followers of Christ. Our mission is even to have the pastor bring some sermons that people don't want to hear. Search me, break me, Lord. Life's greatest breakings often lead to God's greatest blessings. God's greatest blessings. So, I'm thinking about how to end a sermon like this, and I thought again of communion. We have these little plastic cups, the little cheapies, disposable cheapies. And I thought, what would it be like if as we ended the service today, with the two tables here and prayer team standing by those tables, if somebody needed a quick blessing, just bless people as they go by what would it be like if we heard the crackle of those broken cups? Like, let me show you what I mean. Just, just come over here, you know, and, 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 and get the cup, and as you go by, you, you, you drink, represents the blood of Christ. Lord, break my life so I could become through you what I can't become on my own. Break my life so I can serve you. And as you eat that little broken cracker, you go, wow, it sure is dry. But Lord, so am I without your spirit flowing through me. I began to pray early this morning. I think it was about 2.30. This message was in my head. And I started praying. I'll, I'll tell you a few things I prayed for. Lord, break me free from my pride, my selfishness, 
Break me free from my short fuse at times. Break me free from, from pain that can paralyze me. Break me, Lord, to be the man that you've called me to be. Impact my wife and my kids, my grandkids. Break me, Lord, to keep having influence in this community, in this county. Break me, Lord, when knucklehead young pastors ask really stupid questions. <laughs> Break me from a just quick flippant answer. Let me hear their heart. Break me, Lord, from at times the weariness of doing ministry and trying to help people. Break me, Lord, from the times where, where I wonder if a particular person or persons will ever get better. Let me keep believing for them. What would you say if God was here? Break me, Lord, from... Just, just think about it. Even as we come to communion today, break me, Lord, from... And let those little plastic cups just be symbolic. Okay, Lord, break me from that. And as you go throughout your day, you can go to status quo Sunday afternoon as usual, or you can say throughout this day, God... Show me, search me, see my heart, declare my soul. Let me know, God, where I'm not glorifying you with my life. Break me, Lord, so I can be poured out. That little boy gave up his lunch. And Jesus broke that bread. And guess what happened? The multitudes were fed. What if we said, Lord, individually and collectively, as a church, LFC, that you would break us in such a way that we would impact this community. And I don't mean this in any kind of weird way, but that every seat would be filled. That people would come to us out in the community, in our jobs, at school, and, and, and say, there's something about your life. And you'd say, I've been waiting for this moment. And in that moment, you wouldn't be flippant. You wouldn't be selfish. You'd say, God, break me. Here's a soul that needs you. Break me, Lord. Change me, Lord, from the inside out. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.